Hey everyone, I'm Cody, and you are listening to a public church podcast. I hope you enjoy the talk today, and thanks for listening. You guys can have a seat. If we haven't met, my name is Todd, and again, I just want to echo what Brittany said. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're in the room or watching online. And I do want to let you guys know something that's happening at the 1115, in case you want to go back and catch it on YouTube. At the 1115, we are baptizing Olivia Anderson. So... So if you want to go check that out, just to celebrate all Jesus is doing in Olivia's life. And today, I'm especially excited because of who I get to have a conversation with. So I'm going to be joined, and, and we have some context if you don't know him, but I'm going to be joined by Todd Humber. He's the lead pastor of the Greenhouse Church in Athens. He's a great friend. And could you join me in just honoring Todd as he comes on up? Come on. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. We talked uh, this week, and we decided that if you're called to ministry, your name has to be Todd. <laughs> Just I, I love it. So, um, look, if, if you know Todd, you're excited. If you don't know him, you are in for a treat. So, could you just introduce yourself and your family a little bit? Yeah, uh, my name's Todd. I'm born in Athens. Uh, God called me back to Athens. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. My wife is here uh, with my team. Yeah! Yes. We just... We just celebrated uh, 16 years of marriage, Woo! and we have a 13-year-old. Uh, his birthday was last week, right, right beside her. And so, yeah, we're, we're uh, excited to grow and be a part of the public church story, and that, excited that you're a part of the greenhouse story, too. Man, I love it. So we're going to dive in, but before we do, um, I want to take a moment and just honor you and also honor Michelle. Thanks. Um, and, and the best way I could describe Todd is he just exudes Jesus. So if you're here and you don't follow Jesus, here's what you get the privilege of doing today. You get to see Jesus through Todd. And, and we are just honored that you would even be here if you don't follow him yet and explore Jesus with us. That's so right. you just exude Jesus. You do that Thanks, in some man. specific ways. Thanks, um, one of the ways is just by the way that you and Michelle are a team. Like, Michelle, you are phenomenal. You are incredibly gifted. And I just love seeing you guys both serve and lead together. That's right. uh, Michelle actually laid the very first foundation for what is now public students as she began our very first efforts to serve middle schoolers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's amazing. Yep. And just to show the type of leader she is, um, she started a community group that her and Todd were a part of, and that community group meets today. It's the Bros Felty Community Group. Like, they've replicated, passed it on. I mean, I just think that is absolutely amazing. And, and also, if you're a parent, I would stop Michelle on the way out. She's very creative. She's intentional in how she disciples her kids. Just ask her about theme weeks, okay? I mean, she's just right. been given a gift. So if, if it's okay, she's right over here. Could we just honor Michelle? So the, tr the truth is, Todd, if I have a good idea with our elder team, mm -hmm. it's my wife. So They already knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they already knew that. <laughs> I just take credit for it. So. Oh, I love it. But um, Todd, here's some specific ways that you show me Jesus is you're just for people. Like we, we think about being for as leveraging our influence to benefit others. And we were at Blue Front Coffee Shop last week and you knew like everyone in there and people that didn't even think about coming in. I mean, you just, you just love people well. You get to know them. You ask questions. You listen. I think about when Liam, our oldest son, was first born, you and Michelle, I don't know why you were in Cleveland from Athens, but you brought us coffee, which is like a love language um, and a need. And you um, gave us a loaf of bread, too. Yes, <laughs> we, we, we bartered, like coffee right. and bread. But 
when I'm with you, I feel valued because you value me. And it's not something that you're making me feel. You just truly value people. And then I think about the fact that um, you just offer a wise perspective. Like, as we've said, either McAllister's or Bluefront or Starbucks or wherever we sit. And when I run situations by you, you point me to Jesus. You help me see how to apply the word. And I'm just better for the wisdom that you bring. And then what you guys are going to hear today is you're going to hear Nehemiah 6.3 coming to life. It's one of my favorite Bible verses. It says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And in the midst of adversity and a really lengthy timeline, longer than probably you would have liked, <laughs> sure. like you have just continued the great work of joining what Jesus is doing in Athens. And if you're not from here or don't know about the move of God in Athens, Tennessee, man, I've not seen a move of God in McMinn County in my lifetime, like is going on right now. The greenhouse is at the hub of what Jesus is doing through churches, the fellowship of Christian athletes. Jesus is using them to transform coaches and athletes and entire athletic programs. And so, like, you guys are right there in the middle of it. And, and I'm just honored that we get to hear from you today. So if you could just take us all the way back to like those very first um, slivers of vision that you got, like sure. the very beginning where that vision started, sure. and tell us the story of the uh, greenhouse. I would love to share that. So if you can kind of wind back to 2013 with me, um, my wife and I were living around Chattanooga at the time. I was on staff at a church down there, and our pastor had asked us, he knew I was from Athens, and he asked us if we would be willing to plant a church in Athens and about a year, it took about a year for that to really work its way into our heart because I always thought that it, I was called to like Bangladesh or Nepal or something like that. And Athens is as far away from that as you could get, you know. I actually went to school to be in missions, but um, so it was kind of a strange thing. But God kept working in my heart, um, turning me, turning me toward uh, church ministry and ascending ministry and, and being... Um, being kind of planted here, especially with Mark chapter 5, you know, with the guy who meets Jesus and Jesus says, go home and tell your own people how much the Lord's done for you. And so that's, that's kind of the verse that really solidified it. So, so we, you know, 2013, 2014 started uh, making plans to move to Athens and uh, God didn't immediately open a door as we thought he would in Athens to just be like Paul and Silas, if you're familiar with those characters, just right up to Athens. But instead he opened a door in Cleveland, Tennessee, and at Lee University with a job I used to have with residential life and housing. And they asked me to come on and do a three-year contract. And I thought, okay, here's an open door from God. So um, it wasn't what we wanted, but it's what God gave us. So we, we uh, stepped into here to live in Cleveland. And while we were here, we knew we needed to get rooted in a, in a church. Um, and my sister and my brother-in-law over here, Steve and Kelly Knapp, um, y'all can give it up for them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, y'all know Kelly spoke like three weeks ago, Kelly and Steve, and Steve promised her cheesecake after church. And so I'm kind of waiting on what he's going to promise me. You know, can I get some cheesecake, Steve? Okay. I'm still Sorry for those of you online. You don't get cheesecake, but, <laughs> but sorry. Uh, but so we, we got plugged in and we started, um, heard about this church, what is now known as Public Church, and it was meeting at Bradley Central High School at the time. And so we came in, we have three young kids um, really welcoming community, you know, walking in. And then we drop our kids off in the band room. So, and, and just think, this is church planting, you know, you've got to start with what you have. So in the band room, you've got birth to fifth grade, all in one space, and trying to keep kids off the timpani. Does anybody remember that? Anybody here that remembers that? Yes, yes yeah, some of y'all. The beginnings. So thank God for what you have upstairs and the emphasis of next generation here. I'm telling you, it's awesome. So, but that's where we started. And little did I know that public church 
was going to be huge in our formation of culture and vision and a team and funding and so many other things. And, and so God brought us here. And so for three years, we really planted our, our life here. Um, so if you fast forward in that three-year time, Todd kind of invested in me and Cody and the, and the elder team and invested in me and really helped me understand more of church planting. But I was sitting right back there about three years later. My contract was about to come up with Lee University. And I knew that um, we needed a job in Athens, and we needed a place to stay. Um, and so I had been looking since February of that year, and uh, nothing was opening. If you know anything about Athens, it's a little housing poor. We don't have a whole lot of uh, rentals or, you know, that's changing a little bit, but we just didn't have anything. And there wasn't a job except Volkswagen that really opened up, that, uh, but that wasn't really conducive to church planting, and I, I just couldn't find a job that would fit what I knew God had called me to do. So we were sitting, I was sitting in that uh, seat back there and thinking, okay, God, I've got to leave. It's the end of July. I'm a resident director at Lee University. And the problem with having a residential job is once your job ends, your housing ends too. So, <laughs> you know, if you want to stay married, <laughs> you better find a place to live. Yeah. So, um, so two weeks, I knew we were, I was sitting there where the guy in the blue shirt is. Sorry, I'm just going to pick on you. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting there and Cody was singing or, Cody, or the, um, someone was leading the song. Um, Say the word and there is light. Anybody want to sing with me? Yeah, you want to sing? Come on, come on. Yeah, I'm going to join Cody after this. So. Uh, but we got to the part in the song where it says, uh, hanging on to every word you say. And uh, I just remember this had been a four-year journey up to that point, and I knew God was calling us to Athens, and nothing was opening up. And I was sitting there, and I said, God, if, if we have to move into an extended-stay hotel for us to do what you called us to do at Athens, we're going to go. Wow. And not that there's anything wrong with extended-stay hotels. I mean, that's, that's what they're there for, you know. Um, but... It was this crisis moment for me where God says, are you going to do it or are you not? And uh, so we, Holy Spirit inspired, we're going to do this. And that week, God opened up a job and a house in Athens, Tennessee. And the job he opened up was director of residence life at Tennessee Westland. So it's kind of cool, like you're thinking, God brought me to Cleveland for three years to work in residential life and housing. And then the job he opened up in Athens, Tennessee is residence life in Athens. So working with college students. So praise God. It was awesome. That's awesome. Um, uh, it, was, uh, it was really cool to see, see all that God did. And our housing by the way, side note, the people that moved in there knew they were going to move out in three years and had already been praying for who would occupy that home. That's ridiculous. So, is it cool? So they're already praying for you as God's preparing that way for you. That's right. Wow. So God's at work. That's I right. love it. So, you know, Todd, something that we've prayed for for today is that there would be an intersection between your story and those of you guys who are sitting here. That as you're sitting here listening, there would be some point where you're like, oh man, I've gone through something like that. And so if somebody feels that in what you've just shared, yeah. like, like how would you encourage them to, to follow Jesus through what they're walking through? Okay, so Todd, I think that um, fear is a major factor in our lives, maybe on a daily basis, some healthy fear and some not healthy fear. And fear has the tendency to control our lives in ways that God only should. Wow. And, um, and so I, just, just based on what God did in my life, and I'm not, I'm not anything special. Todd, by the way, Todd is a great leader. If you're like, so I'm so jealous of his. Can we just clap for Todd? <laughs> <laughs> 
like, I've learned a lot about leadership from Todd, but, um, but uh, one of kind of the anthems of, of my life has been, what does it profit a person if they gain the whole world but lose themselves or lose their own soul? And, um, and so God's just saying, hey, leave your nets. Come and follow me. And so, church, I'm, I just want to encourage you. Maybe somebody in this room senses a call, maybe to deepen the, the place you're already at and, and grow in excellence there, or maybe a call to something new um, uh, individually or personally, or maybe you're not really sure what that is, but you, you want to be involved in the collective call of the church, the vision that God's do what he's doing here, and you're finding, you're trying to find your role here. There's a, uh, a scripture that I think of a lot, 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11, and it says, um, it says this, that, that uh, each one has received a gift. Each one of you has received a gift, and, and you should use it to serve each other as good stewards of God's grace. If you speak Speak the words of God. Like if you're an out front person, do what God's called you to do out front. If you're a behind the scenes person, if you serve behind the scenes, do it with the strength that God provides. Sorry, so that in all things God God will be glorified. So that that's my encouragement to you. You you might face and you will face. Let me just say you will. You're going to face a crisis moment in in your walk with Christ, and you're going to say, "Can I can I tackle this? Can I do it?" But if you're convinced and know that God is behind it, and people have affirmed it, you know, it's it's uh, uh, God's going to hold you through it. So do what God's called you to do. Fulfill the role that God's called you to fulfill. Man, I absolutely love that. Thanks. And so you guys end up in Athens, yep. and you know you were exempt from all those crisis moments when you got there, right? <laughs> I mean, everything just went right. smooth. It's been downhill. Everything. Um, everything. None of us live in that world. So, Man, yeah. So you get to Athens now. Now, what actually happens? Yeah. But well, um, yeah. Well, we get to Athens, and we're still, you know, while we're here, we're forming a team. So a team comes with us to Athens, so thank God for that. Um, and we're, we're in Athens, and we don't have all the normal answers to the questions that people are asking you about a church. So you can probably think of some of those questions like, what's the name of your church? Um, we don't really know. And we, we would set up community booths like at Christmas on the Square, and they would be asking us these questions like, where are you going to meet? Oh, we don't really know that. Well, when are you going to start meeting? Well, we, we don't know, but we want you to come, you know. <laughs> so we, we had no idea, you know, all these questions. We were just like, I've heard it said it's like building an airplane while you're flying, and that's exactly what, what, we, were do, what we were doing. And, and, uh, but one of the good things is that uh, Public Church, thank you, um, Public Church, uh, sent us out of here with about uh, over $27,000. So that's awesome um, to help with some music supplies and next generation supplies and welcome hospitality supplies and things like that. So God really used public church to, to help launch us out in, a, in an awesome way. Can y'all clap for public church? Um, um, but and, and with church planning, there's still a whole lot more that, that you need. Um, I'm not asking for more, but... <laughs> That's not the, Brittany did the giving. You did great, Brittany, yeah. wherever you are. So, so I'm not asking you to forget. But, um, but we get to Athens, and there is a pastor that's there. He's kind of a seasoned pastor in the ministry, and he says, man, I'm for you. Um, we hear some, you know, when you're church planning, they think, okay, it's kind of territorial, you know. Uh, some people want you, some people don't. But he's like one of these guys. He's like, man, I'm for you. I want to know what you're doing. Come and hang out with me. Come and have lunch with me. So um, I come and have lunch with this guy, and uh, he kind of reaffirms those things that he's saying again. 
And uh, so he says, tell me what you're about. And so we tell him what we're about. You know, we want to, um, uh, you know, sit, be centered on the gospel and, and community and all these things uh, that we feel like are really strong biblical pillars. And uh, after I kind of tell him all, all that we're doing, he says, you're not ready. Um, and here's a man who's seasoned in the ministry, who has been in church ministry for a long time, and my wife and I had been praying and preparing, and now we're on the ground. This is maybe six years in, you know. We're like, okay, we're here, we're ready. Um, and to hear a guy across the table say, you're not ready, it just broke me, you know. It's like somebody euthanized my dog or something, you know. <laughs> For those of you dog lovers out there, you know. Um, seriously, though, my heart was on the floor, pieces broken. And I remember walking out of that um, meeting uh, just devastated. But I get in the car, and I'm driving off, and I have another Holy Spirit kind of empowering moment. This is the grace of God. And I just say, God, if you can do a lot with my little, like you did in all these stories in the Bible, and I immediately thought of Gideon. I don't know if you know the story of Gideon. Then I know that we're ready. Here's a guy, he didn't know anything about me. He didn't have any context. He wasn't a wise mentor in my life. He was just a, a random guy who wanted to get lunch with me. Um, but God used that moment to, one, even though I didn't really like what he said, he used that moment to confirm my calling that it wasn't, um, it wasn't the confirmation of some other random person that I needed to confirm what God was, was calling me to do. So, so we... Uh, and can I just add, like, from being people who served with you for three years here and then just watching all God is doing, like, as Whitney and I have talked about, the greenhouse and you guys, like, we are absolutely convinced you two are the perfect people to lead that movement in Athens. And so just to affirm, like, we believe in you guys. Thank you. And I think it's amazing. Maybe you're sitting here listening and you've gotten some criticism and maybe you need to look at the source, you know, mm. and, and look, okay, if that doesn't match up, what the Holy Spirit has been showing me through the word and through people that are clearly invested in my life and for me, maybe this is an opportunity where it's gonna hurt and there's gonna be some brokenness, but God can maybe reaffirm what he's called you to do just like he did that right. for you and Michelle. That's right, that's right. I wanna tell you about another kind of go God moment but in, and uh, really give glory to God, but also honor public church because Todd, uh, well, you don't know, Todd from the very beginning of our, our church plant um, was for me to become full-time in ministry. See, uh, up until this time, I'd done ministry maybe 12 years or so, all bivocationally. So ministry was something added on to a, another job. And, uh, but Todd was for, from the, from the beginning that I should be full-time devoted to ministry in, in Athens. And so, uh, we got to Athens, Tennessee and a couple years in, we felt like the church was at a healthy enough place to be able to, uh, bring me on full-time, um, uh, and uh, January of 2020. And let me tell you, uh, what's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you laughing because of COVID? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, here's the church. Nobody's there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Nolan. That was really encouraging. <laughs> so, so um, but I want to... But what was, what's neat about this, I want you to know, uh, just to honor what God's doing here, is that we're about three and a half years old. 
you know, as a, as a church. But when Public Church was four and a half years old, they came alongside because Todd had this vision for me to be able to devote more full-time to my family and to ministry. Uh, about four and a half years into Public Church, he said, and the elders agreed, that uh, we want to come along you, with you for a five-year um, partnership where we're going to give you $125,000 over a five-year period. And, uh, and I just praise God that, that you guys have done that. Um, so I'm going to clap for you. Woo! So, um, but what it's allowed me to do is it is, is allowed me to be more of a family man and love my wife better and my teenage son over there better and uh, my kids upstairs. We have a two-year-old now. We birthed a church and a child at the same time. <laughs> well, not we, but Michelle. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I like to say, and I've told Todd this, that uh, Jacob Ray really is getting the best of me. You know, he, he's the only, he's the, uh, and my teenage son and other kids are too, but he's the only child that, that has never known me to have just one job. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but now that I've, I've been able to transition to full, giving myself full-time ministry has been a game changer for my family and hopefully the church too, but you'd have to ask them oh, if, they, sure. if they agree with that, you know. I'm so. sure they would. And I just want to thank you guys, like every single person who has ever given, you are helping Jacob Ray. You are helping Alex and Hope and Abby, and you're helping Todd and Michelle's marriage by allowing him to be focused in one place. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Know that your generosity is literally impacting That's right. your home and thank your marriage. You. Yeah. So I love it. Thanks, Todd. Can I just say one more thing too on that? Um, is that, uh, you know, I ask you to think about your role in the body, but part of your role too um, is that you are to pray for and support his role. Can I say that? Is that all right? Um, and please pray. Yes. Please pray for your. Please, yeah, please pray and support your pastor. The the role because the degree that you, you become healthy is is directly to tied to his health and his soul care and and his growth. Um, so I, I think about this scripture in Ephesians. Uh, excuse me, um, Hebrews chapter thirteen. It says, "Remember your leaders and those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome of their way of life and and imitate." imitate their faith. And sometimes when we take on lead roles in church ministry, it's very busy and we get pulled in a lot of different directions. But two things are intrinsic, as you probably know, to the role of a pastoral leader, a shepherd, an elder is, is uh, prayer. One is prayer and the other is to make sure he's studied well to speak God's truth to you. And uh, as he does that well, the church is going to grow and, and become healthy too. So would you, could you agree, church, like let's keep Todd lifted up in prayer and the other leaders in prayer and, and make sure we're guarding, doing our part to guard their role in helping us, helping us grow as, as uh, followers of Christ. I hope that's okay that I yeah, said that. Thank you. I think that yeah, we, we are a team and we need each other and mm-hmm. we all have a role to play in this if you said so well. So thank you for that. That's talk. right. And so you're, you're in Athens, mm-hmm. and so could you just tell, there, there are so many stories mm. of how Jesus is changing lives. That's right. In the good times and in the bad times. That's right. So could you just share some of those stories? So we want to credit Jesus with the growth of the church in Athens. Um, he says, I'm going to build my church. So we want to credit him. Uh, part of our strategy, if you will, for seeing the church grow in Athens is that we want to have an attractive community, like an Ephesians 4 kind of community where we maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So we really want uh, that, that to be characteristics, Acts chapter 2 type stuff. If you know about Acts, the early church, and the way that they responded to each other and each other's needs, we want that attractive community to, um, 
to lead people to Christ. So one of the things that we say uh, at the greenhouse is that anybody who walks through the front door needs to have a living room to walk into. Wow. And so we want to have the context to have live out the one another's in Scripture, or the one another's, like love one another, uh, serve one another. One that we really don't like is bear with one another, you know, <laughs> be patient with each other. We really don't like that one. But we're, we got to live it out. Um, so, but we try to provide that context. And uh, Romans 12, 15 is, is a real strong verse for us with this. And I'm going to cheese ball that a little bit and say um, Romans 12, 15 and everything in between um, is basically rejoice. They hear my dad jokes. I love that. You know, oh, like that so you have dad jokes? Bar. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Um, it says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So let me tell you a couple stories about how God is growing his church and, and providing that attractive community, uh, I think, in, in Athens. Well, um, we, we uh, in a community group, we got to know a, a marriage, uh, a family. They had been uh, married about uh, 15 years, special needs child, and, and so older, older teenage child. And they had been married, you know, about 15 years or so. But their marriage was really on the rocks. It was kind of falling apart. And... Uh, and they got involved in a community group. The wife was kind of, you know, pulling them along. And uh, eventually in the community group, she really began to surrender this, the, her marriage to the Lord. And her husband got right with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Which is normally what happens, right, w women? The husband needs to get right with Jesus. So, <laughs> so the husband got right with Jesus. And they both got baptized this year. Wow. And they are growing and thriving, and he's serving. And also, we've asked him next year to come on as a co-leader for a community group. And it is awesome to see. And what, what happens is that community group provided the context for just conversation in Christ and context for growth, so living that out. Now, on the reverse side, we had a marriage. Um, we had uh, a young lady who was married. Um, two months in, her mom dies. I mean, terrible, terrible tragedy. She's broken, really sad. So it was a sudden death. And, um, and then a month later, her husband tells her he's leaving. And so three months, within a, with really a month time frame, but three months time frame, she has this elevated experience of new marriage and then devastation, just devastation. And so our community groups and our friends through the greenhouse get to walk with her through that and see, see God at work there. And what's cool is uh, she's going to get remarried uh, this year, December 31st, to a godly man who, who treats her well. So praise God for that. And so God is redeeming that story. Yeah. Isn't that good? So um, let me tell you a couple more stories. Uh, there was a, a newborn. Her name's Frankie. Um, Frankie uh, was born with a brain tumor. And the family asked us to pray over Frankie so we, as a church, prayed, as a community group, prayed over her. She had her brain tumor removed and is doing really well. Like all her neurological appointments are doing awesome. So she is, uh, and she's developing just like, you know, a, 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 you know, a typical child should. Wow. Um, but the flip side, okay, there's another story. And this is an important story. So hang on, hang in here with me. Another baby, uh, about 20 weeks into the womb, uh, they found, the parents found out that she had a rare genetic disorder. And um, they thought she would either be stillborn uh, or she would survive 24 to 48 hours outside of the womb. And um, it turns out that the, this disorder is so rare that there's only 50 known cases of it anywhere. Um, and so she's born uh, January 27th. 
at Vanderbilt Hospital and beats the odds. Um, she uh, lives all of her life there. She goes to be with Jesus uh, April 30th. So it's a, um, quite a stretch for the family, quite a, quite a difficult time for them. The day before she, she, the day before she went to go be with Jesus, uh, our community group got to Zoom call with her, uh, sing over her. A kids at a community group got to sing over her and pray over her. And as my wife likes to say, we just sang her into heaven. Um, and she's with, she's with Jesus. Um, so And her funeral was on May 3rd. Uh, so remember that date. That's an important day. It was a funeral was on May 3rd. Well, if we back up a little bit to December before that January she was born, to December, church is growing. Like God's doing some really cool things um, at the greenhouse. Church is growing. We have a decision to make. Uh, needs are growing. So do we pursue staff that could support people's needs or do we pursue land for kind of future visionary type stuff? Um, and so we're kind of as, as leaders, pastoral leaders, church elders, wondering w- what is God doing? We're praying about it. We're, we're kind of a little, uh, just not indecisive, but divided a little, not divided in a negative way, but just kind of we know, we realize the value of both. Yeah. So we decide to ask people to chime in and pray, and we ask the church, would you please pray and fast over the month of December? Like pick something to, to give up so you can lean in to prayer. And so the church it does that, we, we uh, meet again December 28th for some clarity. What is God doing, you know, December 28th? What's God doing? So at this team meeting, elder meeting, we're like, we're still in the same spot. We see the value of land, and we see the value of staff. And so we're like, what do we do? So uh, we decide that we're going to uh, begin a volunteer staff position, so we open up specific positions to people who just want to volunteer 10 hours a week and come on uh, with volunteer staff. And one of those came from Greenhouse, or came from a public church, and, and helped plant with us, and that's Ariana Rucker. Don't know if you know any of those of you who know Ariana. She helped with International Friends Network here. And uh, so Ariana became a staff member, volunteer staff member at Greenhouse, and she is the reason why we have connections, ad- adoption connections, to Tennessee Wesleyan international students. There's about 70 international students at Tennessee Wesleyan. And we, the Greenhouse has a huge presence when it comes to being Jesus-centered hospitality to those students. And secondly, we got to take three mission journeys this summer to Quito, Ecuador, Bogota, Colombia, and Clarkston, Georgia because of her efforts. So God, God answered that prayer. So we're still back on the land, okay? So back on the land, well, what do we do here? Um, an hour after that meeting, I'm in my car driving along, and I get a phone call, and I didn't recognize the number. I thought this is probably my car warranty, or <laughs> my, you know, my life insurance, or something. Something, you know. I was like, don't answer it. But I decided to answer it anyway, and so I answer it, and it's a lady on the other end, and she says, uh, summarized, hey, we have some land. We want to sell it to you. We have some land right in the heart of Athens, kind of that connects Highway 11 and Highway 30, right in the heart. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful stretch of uh, 6.45 acres property, and they want to sell it to us. And uh, so I get together back with the elders. I call them, and we think it's, it's too coincidental just to be not, you know, God's, God's plan. So we move forward. The church moves forward, and we set the closing date for April the 1st, April Fool's. You know, it's like, hey, just kidding, church. Um, but 
so we, uh, we set the closing date for April 1st, and it keeps pushing back. And you guys know how this goes. You know, you push back the closing date, push back the closing date. So it pushes all the way back to um, May 3rd. So right in, the, right in the middle of baby Ella's visitation is the signing for these documents. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, okay, this is a real inconvenience. Uh, however... The family said that in lieu of flowers, they wanted people to give toward the land. And so because of baby Ella, people gave over $3,000 toward, toward the land uh, uh, that, that we're pursuing. And so I kind of think of it like the woman with the alabaster box at Jesus' feet, you know, where she pours the oil on his feet and all this. And, uh, and Jesus said, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, she will be mentioned. I think wherever greenhouse land is mentioned, baby Ella's going to have a story in us. And so God just kind of put that together for us. So, yeah, wow. it, it was amazing. It's good. To, it, it, was, it was good to see. Man, just incredible to see what Jesus is doing. And, I mean, you guys are literally living out that verse of weeping with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. It's just, it's so inspiring. And, you know, public worship is going to come up as we're going to have an opportunity just to respond. And Todd, is there any last challenge just to tie everything in for us? Yeah, church, um, I think that as, as people in the room, we uh, are called to think about the people beside us, in the seat beside us. What are they going through? What are their struggles? What's, what's happened in their marriage? What's happened in their family? And we don't always know the depth of the pain of the person next to us or the depth of their rejoicing, but God's called us to be uh, connected to each other yeah. in, in that way. Likewise, God's called us to think about people not in the room. That's good. Um, a missiologist said this. He said, the church might be the only organization that exists for its non-members. Um, and that might be a little hyperbole because we know we exist for worship. We know we exist for equipping and encouraging of each other. But it does remind us that the reason that we exist isn't just for us. We exist for the people that are experiencing pain and the brokenness that exists outside of these walls. So I would just want to encourage you as a church, find your role. Yeah. Find your role here with the collective call. Find your individual role. What has God called you to do? Because God is going to use you to address some measure of brokenness or some measure of need that exists in the world. So find find that and, and get plugged in. Give, give yourselves to it. Yeah, I love that. So we're just going to have an opportunity to respond again with the prayer that something that Todd shared literally intersects a real life scenario that you're walking through. And if you just need a journal, if you need to pray, if you want to stand and sing immediately, like this is just space for you. Um, maybe you just need prayer. And through this, you're just like, man, I just would love for somebody to pray over me. Our, our prayer team is in the back. We have a prayer corner. And maybe just from hearing how Jesus is changing lives in Athens, Tennessee, you're like, I want Jesus to change my life. <laughs> like he died and he rose again. And I want to be forgiven. And I want a relationship with God. So if that's you, just talk to him. Just tell Jesus that. And what we ask is that before you leave, you would just stop by the info hub and tell them because we want you to get baptized and we want to make sure that every step of your journey of following Jesus is with someone, that we are with you every single step of the way, just like you guys have been through joy and heartache with so many people. And so, Todd, this is exactly what we need to hear. And I, I just know the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and he's spoken to all of us. So as we have this opportunity to respond, we're... We're going to sing the goodness of God. Mm. As we're talking, I'm like, man, this is like the Humbert anthem, you know? That's right. That all your life, he has been faithful. <laughs> through six years, through 
naysayers and people saying you're not ready through mm-hmm. adversity, through death, through life. Like, that's right. He's faithful. That's right. And that's your story and that can be yours as well. So when you're ready, just stand and sing. And Todd, could you just, just pray over us? I'd be glad to pray. Yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you that you are in this space. And we know that you are jealous for your reputation. And as we sing about your goodness, I pray that you remind us how good you are. I pray for the person who's struggling in the room and nobody knows it and they just need you to pour out your kindness and grace in them. Pray that, Lord God, you would meet them right where they're at. For the person who is wondering what it means to follow you, God, you'd speak to them. Lord, I pray that you would use public church, the people here, as the city on a hill that you describe that your church is a light to the nations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to connect with you on any of our social media platforms at A Public Church or through our app or website, publicchurch.com. To give towards the vision of Public Church, you can do so through our app or website via PushPay or by texting Public Church in all caps with no space to 77977. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.